the uh, offer the evening chanting, the evening pujas we've been doing, and we'll do this in the Pali language.
Handamayang Sanghanusatinayang Roma Seer Supati Pano Pangavato Savaka Sangho Hojapati Pano Pangavato Savaka Sangho Yayapati Pano Pangavato Vakasangho samyajyapatipanno bhagavato Vakasangho yatidam jatandare purisayu Aniyatanda purisabhukala Iyasabhagavato savakasangho Ahuneyo, Bahuneyo, Vinayo, Anjali, Karaniyo, Anutarang, Bunyagetang, Lokasati. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama samutasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama samputasa. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato sama samputasa. Putang tamang sankang namasami. So we have moved quite in the into the middle of this retreat and I have been Okay. Okay. Can you hear me better that way? Good. <coughs> Still not. Um then I don't know what to do. <laughs> this is all I can do. I can't speak much louder because my voice is not going to do it. Um, <clears throat> so, having been meeting quite with quite a few of you over these last few days, um, it's always interesting to see and something really 
is going through, like in the interviews I can see some theme is going through like a, like a red thread. And I mean, there, there are a few themes, of course, but one theme that I can see, and usually you are not really talking about that, is the quality of patience. It's like in, in this practice, one of the qualities we do develop and some of the qualities that kind of by practicing we are developing and coming into the practice, we have to kind of bring that attitude into our practice. Um, and I'm not saying you should be more patient or you are not patient enough, but it's it's a quality I have been I've been seeing or like the the value of this quality I have been really seeing for myself over the years of practicing and and monastic life. And it's like when when patience is really developed we do overcome resistance, we do overcome aversion, and we do overcome um, the feeling of ill will. So, until we get there, <laughs> we, we do have to practice with it. One aspect of developing patience is to look at our attitude towards suffering, towards the unpleasant experiences, like uh, towards the unwholesome states of mind. And it's like And I think this has this has come into quite a few of the interviews. It's like this question of how come I'm I'm suffering so much? How come the the practice isn't going more smoothly? And and why why do I have these problems? And my problem is there always and things like that. And with with bringing kind of turning the mind around towards embracing suffering and acknowledging actually that suffering is part of this life wanted or not <laughs> and i'm not saying it is all as Ajahn Suchito has been pointing out the other day very beautifully, like part of this practice is enjoying the beauty of it. But for being able to do that, we, are, we, we have to reframe our attitude towards suffering. When we do experience discomfort, when we do experience unpleasant state of mind, and like like just today in one of the interviews somebody said well like i'm kind of i have doubts that i really can meditate because of so and so and it's it's like we are we are easily f- like through an experience we are easily fixing and solidifying ourselves in uh, <clears throat> in a certain place and when we are in that place we do forget the impermanence of it we do forget <laughs> that also that is passing 
and maybe also with a little bit of the attitude of how come I'm expecting to be happy always <laughs> if nobody else <laughs> in this world is this. Like, I, I don't think there's anybody here in the room who has experienced only happiness. And I don't think there's anybody here in the room who has, ex- has experienced only suffering. It's coming and going. It's part of life and also part of our practice. So we, we have to see also that when we experience being impatient, like say in situations with ourselves, like here on retreat, the practice doesn't go the way I'm expecting it to do. Like last week, I was on a different retreat and everything went really well, you know. Or like for myself, saying, last week I was in Japan and it was wonderful and here am I and, and being sick. <laughs> and, and just kind of, yeah, I could go into suffering about it, but I also know I don't have to. And so when you do experience these ups and downs in your practice, in your life, like, can you just open towards that? Can you just accept this is the experience of this moment? No mo- not more to it than that. It's coming and going. It doesn't mean for the rest of your life you are in this place of misery. And especially when you are in the beginning of your practice, sometimes it can feel, like when, when you meditate, it can feel quite overwhelming to notice all the defilements in the mind. And it doesn't mean that there's anything going wrong with your practice, but it's just like you're getting more aware of what is present, what is unfolding. And by embracing it, by staying with it, we do develop patience. We do develop that quality of mind that, that can say, hmm, okay, not not great, but good enough. And um, I found it very fascinating the teaching Ajahn Suchito gave this morning about how we are framing our experience. It's like, uh, for me, there there is a kind of choice in that. We have a choice to kind of fix ourselves in those places of suffering, poor me, and why does that happen to me, and it should be otherwise, and why can't I be more happy, or whatever your experience is like. There's there's no need to to stay in those places. When you when you notice those mental patterns kicking in, those habitual reactions of I want this and not this. I want my my life or I want this day of practice to unfold different than it is right now. When we go there we do definitely create suffering. We are making our kind of we are making our day miserable. It it requires like in order to to be patient it, it requires the the understanding that 
the ups and downs are just part of our experience and that we don't have to take them personal. We don't have to identify with them. There is like when we identify with them and when we go to the point of this is this is me being just like say being angry, that is me being lustful, that is me being whatever. You know? When when we move there, we are we are fixing ourselves in a position. And we actually don't have to do that. We we can see like that there are through conditions coming together, there are certain mental patterns that unfold. There are certain mental reactions, thoughts passing through the mind. And <coughs> and and we have the opportunity to let them just be for what they are. Ajahn, like Ajahn Chah said, well, don't think when you are sitting down and practicing, you don't have any negative thought <laughs> coming up in your mind. It's just like we are not attaching to it. We are, we are letting them pass through without going into poor me or terrible me or doubtful me, whatever it is that you experience. So there's, there's no need for that. You don't, you don't have, you don't have to move there. And some, in the interviews, some of you have been, have been, explaining how, how it works, how you can, kind of, allow these patterns to come up, and not to attach to it. And this is, this is when the practice works. We'd, like, if I'm expecting by sitting down that my mind is completely purified, I'm, I'm in for suffering, because it isn't. And, and I, I probably have to go quite far until I come there. Or also like just sitting down and meditating and the mind is empty. Would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't. And so what we have to what we have to take into account is that all these arisings are only um manifesting or solidifying in terms of self when I'm attaching when I'm holding on to it, when I'm identifying with this. And I don't have to. And sometimes I do, of course. <laughs> but just uh, knowing that, also something that I, like, I have been kind of, it's a, it's a, was quite a process of several years, but it's like something that I saw, like how I'm relating to, like say, very passionate thoughts, like in terms of um, kind of forming an opinion or forming a certain sense of self. And with an emotion being being strongly present, it's like what I what I could see is how convincing the thoughts that go along with that are. It's like I'm surely right. I'm like that. Like this point of view is like th this is what I have to follow and everybody else should see that that is right. <laughs> but actually, when, when I look 
at those thoughts. And when I look, when I step back, when I allow the emotion to cease and to step back at the thought, I can see how defiled it is. You know, those thoughts that seem so convincing, that seem so right, that seem so true and truthful, they're actually not. They're an expression of the defiled mind. When there is a strong emotion present in our experience, of course, feeling comes in, but also, like, that feeling creates a almost like a dark cloud that is covering the luminosity of mind. There is no clarity present. So by having a little bit more of a patient attitude towards our experience, like, and patient, what I mean with that is not going immediately into reactions, but seeing that there are different ways of how I could relate to this situation. If I'm going into the habitual patterns, habitual patterns of reaction, then there's not the space to really see feel and and like see the space that could bring up a very different response so by when you have the urge of reacting when you when you feel like this is really what I have to do. Like when, when there is that searching energy that really wants to act and wants to react, that definitely is the point where it's time to step back and question that. And sometimes it's difficult to do that. But when you, you, you can develop skillful means of how, like when that search is there, just before I'm finding myself in a reaction, is there a way of moving into a different direction? Is there a way of reminding myself, this is going to be quite unwholesome? And do I really, do I really want to go there? And like in terms of, like say, if you are experiencing in your practice doubt about what you are doing, if your practice is working or not, if your practice is right, on, like if you, if you are practicing the right method or whatever it, it might be, or if you doubt um, that you are really um, but are able to meditate at all. It's just like, Stepping back and knowing this is the mind experiencing doubt. This is the mind state of doubt. How does that feel like? Where do I, where do I experience that in the body? How, kind of, what kind of thoughts come in with that? And, and noticing that well, actually, you don't have to believe those thoughts. There's a choice. And by choosing not to react, by choosing to move into a space of exploration, you might discover, um, you might discover qualities, you might discover experiences you have never seen in that way. Like for example, Ajahn Janto was talking yesterday evening about the um, mind state of um, drowsiness, loss and torpor. 
And what he mentioned is, instead of falling completely into it, there are different ways of how we can work with it. And one way that he mentioned, and I, I have been working with that myself too, is really turning the awareness towards loss and torpor. Kind of, it doesn't mean that suddenly your mind is completely clear and free of, of drowsiness, but you can bring awareness to explore sloth and torpor. You can bring awareness to explore doubt, you, to explore aversion, all the hindrances. And I think that is part of what we are practicing with. This is just part of the things that are arising. And it shouldn't, uh, it shouldn't be different, <laughs> you know? Just like, we, like from our wishes we come to a retreat and, and we would like it to be blissful and everlasting, beautiful, and yeah, great if it does. But usually it's not. It's a mixture of things. And when you are getting stuck in places that are very negative, I think a good antidote to that is really count your blessings. (laughs) It's like just notice being here in this situation or for the rest of your life. I don't know how you're, what you are doing in your lives outside of this retreat center, but most of us are in pretty good, living in pretty good circumstances. If you don't believe it, just have a look at the rest of the world. I find that I find that good to relativate, to notice that like I'm I'm living in a pretty perfect place in England. And sometimes I just notice how I take that for granted. You know, that it's like living in a place that is very beautiful, living together with people who are who are very determined, who have a lot of aspirations towards the past. And, and you can, even that, you can take for granted, you know. And, and when I do that, I can't see the beauty anymore. I can't really feel a sense of gratitude. And sometimes, we consciously have to generate that. So being able, and I think it's, it's really great, everybody of you who has come here has dedicated this week towards practice. You're not going, you're not on a beach, you're not on a holiday somewhere in the mountains. You have come here and you are struggling through <laughs> through your experiences. And some of you say, like, they are looking forward <laughs> for it to be over. And I can relate to that. Um, not that I feel right now I'm looking forward to, for it to be over, but, but sometimes I have that too. But, um, so, bringing patience into our practice allows a space to manifest where we can embrace, where we can acknowledge our experience without having to punish ourselves, without having to to go into patterns of it should be different and why is it like this, why isn't it? And, and I think it is quite an important aspect to, to look at and to develop. 
Another aspect of patience is seeing the complexity that we are living in. It's like we do coming into a situation, this or any other situation, we bring our karma with us. We do bring our former experiences, the results of our former experiences, into the situation, and so does everybody else. And really seeing that maybe when I like when I do experience difficulties in interactions with others, just to acknowledge, yes, like this is maybe my shortcomings, this is what I bring into the situation, but also the other person or the other people do that. They like me, they also want to be happy. They also want to <coughs> experience peacefulness. They want to be approved of what they are doing. They, they want to be seen for what they are. When I'm like in interactions with others, if I can't develop at least a certain amount of patience, I'm constantly stuck in difficulties. I'm constantly stuck in um, in situations where where I find myself being very righteous. And being very righteous is a very painful place to be. And when I'm choosing to stay in that place, it brings a narrowness of mind. It brings a feeling of tightness, of kind of uh, that aspect in ourselves that that always knows I'm like I'm right. <laughs> and I'm sure you all have experienced that. But when we when we have to relate to others, whether be it in work situations, be it in situations in the retreat or in your relationships, this is not a place to create harmony. So if we want to develop harmony inside ourselves and also in relationship with others, we have to bring space into that. We have to bring in the willingness to see where the other is coming from. Like, how, like when you have a disagreement with somebody else, can you open your mind towards why that is so? Like, can, can you open your mind towards the other person? It's very easy to see myself in that, because I'm right. <laughs> oh, I think I am. But the other person maybe thinks the same. And if that is the case, there is no possibility to relate, to connect. There is no possibility to negotiate and to find out. I remember in this last winter retreat in the monastery, we had a young man there who was very convinced about having, um, doing like active political work, ecological work. And 
I can really understand where he comes from. Like this world is falling apart, basically. And there are really areas that we have to be aware of, that we have to keep in mind. But even so, if we do that with that kind of attitude of I'm right and I know that I'm right and the others who don't believe this or who are not engaging, they are wrong. And I just could see how tense and tight he got every time he spoke about that. You know, and otherwise there were times where he was pretty relaxed and at ease. But as soon as his mind turned into that direction, he was like his, his self was solidifying. And it was solidifying in a way that created quite a lot of suffering for him. That wasn't pleasant. And really to remind ourselves when we are finding ourselves in those places to remember this life has uncountable complexities. We don't like, and I don't mean we have to buy into them, we have to believe them, but just seeing it as a fact, that's what we are living with. And if I want to sort out the whole world before <laughs> I can be content or happy, I never will be. It's like, it's like, I think the Buddha brought, or somebody brought in the simile with the earth being covered with leather, so you can walk on it without it being painful. The other opportunity is to have just soles on your shoes and to walk with your shoes. And we do encounter impossible situations. We do see injustice. We do see like cruelty and situations that we utterly don't agree with. But is it in our power to change those? How can we relate to those situations with a mind that is saying, well, I wish those beings who are suffering in that situation, I really wish them well. I really hope that changes soon. And I think we should not underestimate the power of our practice, the power of the sharing of blessings. That is, it's like we can share the merit that we make with our practice, with others, with individuals, or with whole groups of people. And I really recommend that as, and that is part of my practice. I'm doing that and I, I really think that is one of the contributions we as the practitioners can share with the rest of the world. And I don't want to go into more details about that. There have been studies about it and it does, it does really work to some degree. And um, it's quite interesting. So, I know that I can't save the world, but I know the place that I can work with is in myself. That's the only, that's the only place where I can actually change things. And yeah, sometimes I like to change others, <laughs> and I like to change situations around me. But I fear if I can work on 
making my heart a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more compassionate, developing empathy and also joy for the good fortune of others, for also the good fortune of myself. You know, I wouldn't even exclude that. So, when we can turn towards that, when we can open to that, there is actually no need to, how to say, to blame ourselves in any way for where we are. We are where we are. And that's a reality. This moment is unfolding in this way. If I want it to be different, yeah, I might want it to be different, but it doesn't mean that because wanting it to be different that it changes. Can I accept what this experience is about? And over these last few years I had a I had a very good teaching with um, and I, don't get me wrong when I'm mentioning this I don't I don't want to kind of say oh poor me this happened to me but but I like a few years ago like two three years ago um, it was discovered that I'm having an illness that I'm living with until the end of this life, most likely. And it will get worse over the years. And it will come to a point where probably I hardly can walk anymore. Or, I mean, maybe yes and maybe not. But when I, when I got the information about this, the first like the first thing was me I always have been healthy (laughs) why 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 am I why am I ill why does it happen to me and of course and then I say well why not (laughs) and and also with that like and at that time and it was discovered I I experienced a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort in terms of being able to sit or not able to sit in the way I'm sitting now. Um, Or like just walking, which was just very, very painful. And And I worked in a way with that of saying, okay, like part of this practice is is acceptance. Can I bring acceptance into this situation? And by, sometimes I really had to go to that right now, this moment, can I live with that? Is that bearable? Is that, is it possible just to be with the level of pain? Is it possible just to be with the unfolding of this? And so far, all the time, it was, yes, I can. You know, it doesn't mean that I like it. It doesn't mean I want more of that. But it's, it's an attitude towards, towards reality. It's an attitude towards, can I accept the reality of this moment. Can I uh, accept what life is presenting me right now? And can I be with that? And sometimes, I do admit, life can be overwhelming. Like, we can experience suffering. And especially, I think, emotional suffering is actually more difficult than physical suffering. Emotional suffering can really sweep us away. But when we notice that, what tools, what skillful means do we have available to, um, to 
not go against it, but but to um, release that flooding. It's like when, like the traditional means, like for example, when you experience a lot of anger, you should go into meta. My experience of that is when I'm really into a strong state of anger, I can't go straight into meta. Not possible. But what is possible is to see right now there's anger and this is how it feels like. This is where it manifests. This is how, like, this is where it manifests in the body. This is how it feels like. That sense of suffering, that sense of being torn apart, or that sense of burning, especially with anger, um, is part of this experience. And I don't have to believe in it. Difficult to do sometimes, I do admit. Okay. I think I like to stop here and I like to offer this for your reflection. And if I have been saying anything that was upsetting you, that was offensive, I do apologize. It wasn't my intention. And I look forward to have some more days of practice together with all of you. So let's have a um, few moments to refresh yourself and then uh, continue practicing together.